From in the beginning to the musical apocalypse, this is The Bible Says What. I'm your host, Mike Wiseman. A quick public service announcement before we begin today's show. Remember that most of my guests have earned respect, not just for their bravery for coming onto the show, but for their civility while tackling tough questions. I know I am not a perfect example of what I strive to be, but I do not want this show to become a platform for bashing people because they believe something different. Hate the belief, not the believer. That being said, for those that missed last week's episode, my guest has invited me to imagine God is in my head talking to me. When I did this, God told me he wanted to drown kids, so I kicked him out. And after many deity auditions, I settled on Spider-Man because his advice was sound, believe in yourself, do your best, that sort of thing. L, my previous guest, suggested that the Spider-Man character in my head might be her god. So I asked Spider-Man if he was indeed her god, to which he replied, No way! Don't let that monster in here. Spider-Man doesn't understand why anyone would want to worship that guy. Spider-Man in my head cannot be Yahweh in disguise because he told me he is not that guy and that no one should be worshiping the Christian deity. If Yahweh is pretending to be Spider-Man to connect with me, why would he tell me not to worship him? L also suggested that the next time I talk to God, I should ask him why he did those things. Side note, I've changed the form of God in my head to Jesus. Jesus is the same person doing the same things at the same time as Yahweh. Back to it. So I asked again, why did you choose to drown the kids? And Jesus said he wanted to drown the kids. And this time I asked him why. He said he wanted every puppy, kitten, and child on the planet to drown because it would benefit him in the end. He wanted people who would listen to him and obey his every command and worship him alone. I told him if there's not a single justifiable reason for causing such an atrocity, I refuse to worship him. He got mad and told me I was not allowed to visit him. To which I said, that's okay with me. You're not allowed back here anyway. And then Spider-Man came swinging back in. Spider-Man doesn't want worship or even love in return. He just wants to help. And that's why he's allowed back. Also, he doesn't drown kids. Let's start the show. Is there anything in the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? <laughs> Okay, so it took you reading the Bible to realize that those things were bad for you? Yeah, it actually did. I, I didn't figure this out on your own? No, Ted, Ted Bundy could be redeemed. God doesn't kill children. Does, what do you think the Passover was? Yahweh sets up a whole system in the Old Testament where you slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you. Today's special guest is men's life coach and podcaster, Mike Van Pelt. Welcome to the show, Mike. Well, thanks for having me on, Michael. I appreciate the, uh, the invite to be on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for coming on. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, I, you know, I'm a men's life coach. And that just really came about because of uh, some some really some professional things that I'd gone through in, in my uh, professional life. And at a certain point, um, you know, the church just was uh, not I, I wasn't getting out of the church what I wanted to get out of the church. Hmm. And in fact, I was very involved in a church and, um, and, I, and I went to the pastor and said, I got to take a break. And I didn't even know what that meant. 
quite honestly. I really didn't know what that meant. But ultimately, as I was going through some stuff professionally, uh, I started doing my own consulting stuff and I met a guy and we started a men's small group. Hmm. And uh, that became uh, a great place for me to go hang out and uh, uh, learn about me and learn hmm. from other guys. And it was just an awesome experience. And I uh, did some retreats and really went deep um, with um, some self-discovery and found what was missing. And really what I've been able to do, hmm. I'm giving you like the real quick story for whatever <laughs> reason, uh, what, what, I, what, what I've been able to do is I looked at it and went, you know, the power of men working together and, uh, you know, being vulnerable and telling story and helping each other was just so powerful for me that I want to help bring that to others. And they're, you know, the, the ideas and the seeds were planted for becoming a men's life coach. And then, um, we had this crazy idea of starting a podcast, um, which has really, um, <laughs> been an amazing experience. It's really helped transform me. Um, mm. and it's, it's filled a void that I had which is that need uh, to just um, I'm just filled with curiosity about what's going on in the world and how I can help and how I can show up and serve. And so, you know, we started the podcast really around the idea of helping men be better men, better dads and better, better fathers, really what it's all about. Awesome. Thank you for that. So on your podcast, I, I hear you reached a hundred. Congrats, man. That's yeah. a, that's a feat. Podcasting is not easy. <laughs> you I can know, tell you. Yeah. It's a, big, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. So on your podcast, do you, do you have guests on or how does that work? Yeah, we do have guests on. When we, um, when I started the podcast, it was my mm -hmm. buddy, Paul Bailey and I, who started our men's small group and, you know, really the joke in our men's small group was, wow, that would have made a great podcast. And so, <laughs> yeah, you know, so we were encouraged to start that and Paul, Paul and I started it now for Paul, he's a financial advisor. So he didn't really have, um, you know, the, the, it wasn't, you know, carving out weekly time to do a podcast and everything that goes with that. And yeah. so I knew that at a certain point he may come to me and say, Mike, I, I can't keep up, which is cool. And so I've gone to more of an interview type format and we have guests on and, and, um, I, you know, I, I love it. I just enjoy it so much. <laughs> yeah, no, podcasting is a blast. I love these things. Yeah. So as far as, um, the, the Christianity part of it, how does that fit into your coaching? Well, really one of two ways. Now <laughs> I'm a man of faith. And so, um, I approach everything and check in. Uh, with what I do from the, from the Christian perspective. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, people ask me all the time, Mike, are you a Christian life coach? And I'm like, what is a Christian life coach? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what is it? What does that mean? Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I of course approach everything from a Christian perspective. And so then the question is, well, would you, uh, accept a client that wasn't a Christian? And, um, of course I would. Um, Christianity is an aspect of what I do, and I will take it as far as somebody wants to take it. In other words, hmm. some people may say, well, will you, let's pray before we have a conversation. That's fine. Let's pray. Some huh. people it'll never come up. That's fine. You know, I, my goal is not to, um, into indoctrinate people into what I believe. That's not what mm. it's about. Anybody that comes into uh, coaching, you know, it's about them. 
and what they need and what they want to get out of it. So that's how I, that's how I approach it. Now I will say with my biblical worldview, I find it challenging to not have that be a part of, you know, if you're talking about vision and goals and, and, you know, purpose, I identify with Christ and all that. That's a part of it for me. But again, can you explain that? Well, as a man um, who believes in God, um, you know, my uh, spiritual life is at the center of everything that I do. And so I feel like uh, everything flows from that center. So my Hmm. values, my mission, my goals, you know, I feel all feel like, you know, come from my Christian background. And that's me, you know, that's me. So I I just want to be clear. Yeah. Well, I believe that, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't necessarily say have a client come in and go, well, here's what we're going to talk about today. No, 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 no. Jesus you know, saves. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the reason for that is I have some very specific and I've had these conversations a lot. And hmm. um, I'll just be rather blunt when I say this, because this is out there. And I think a lot of people have had this conversation with many people, even hmm. ex-pastors. One of the failures of the church oh. has really been, I believe, the, the um, addressing men and their needs in the church. So. Okay. You know, we show up at church and we have a Bible study um, and a meal and sing Kumbaya and, you mm-hmm. know, everything, everything's great. But, you know, a lot of men are not fed by that. A lot of men want to have more intimate conversations. Mm. And in other words, you know, things aren't going great in my marriage or, you know, um, I mean, the, all therapy the, stuff, all the side. Well, therapy, they, yeah. some guys need therapy. Some guys can uh, um, need coaching, but. But, you know, there's a lot of life things that happen that the church, you know, can't or will not, has chosen not to Hmm. address because you don't want to piss people off from the pulpit, right? We still have to pay the, we still have to get that paycheck. Yeah. We have to pay the light bill and the gas bill when it comes in every month. So we need you to put money in, in the plate. Now, that's not to say the church doesn't have its place. It does, but it, you know, the, the bottom line is, you know, just because you showed up at the uh, monthly men's meal doesn't mean that you're being filled. Hmm. So that's, you know, so my role, I see it is to kind of help fill uh, that, fill that gap. Yeah. Fill know? that gap. Yeah. So thank you. Um, you. You mentioned that you approach it from a per, uh, Christian perspective. How, how does exactly that work? The Christian perspective approach. How does that work? Well, now that's a question that I don't, uh, I don't know that anybody's ever asked me that question. Um, (laughs) My Christian approach is, um, you're talking about from a coaching perspective? Just in general. From a me me perspective? Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me. You know, it, it, it's about keeping God in the center and having a prayerful and intimate relationship with Christ. God That's in the center. really where I was able to make a pivot in my life. Listen, I grew up uh, in the Lutheran church, okay? 
And um, I don't want to say that the church did anything wrong. I don't want to say I wouldn't say the church did anything right. But mm. what I found out by going to a men's retreat was that I was a Christian, but I wasn't alive as a man or in my faith. Huh. Um, I did not know that an intimate relationship with Christ was available. <laughs> and at uh, at a retreat uh, one morning, the director of that retreat said, uh, you know, this morning we're going to play three worship songs. And I want you to, to hear these songs as uh, God is, you know, basically singing them, singing, singing to you. Let's just pretend God's singing and this they, to you. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so they actually uh, played a song by Josh Groban, which is not really a worship song at all, but the hmm. name of the song was called you are loved. And in that moment, God really spoke to me and said, you are my beloved son and I want an intimate relationship. Interesting. Now, was that I, a- never got that. I never got that out of church. I never got that out. And it was, it was very clear to me and uh-huh. it really helped me transform and led me to where I'm at today. So God showed up and said, Hey, I love you. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Interesting. Did, 100%. Now, was it a physical voice? Uh, did he send somebody over to say, God gave me a message or was it just a thought that went in your head? Well, these are all thoughts in our head. So it was just a thought. To some degree or another. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, mean, I, I would argue they're I all our thoughts. <laughs> I, I, I heard his voice. Oh, so you, it was a physical. Head. So there was a physical yeah. voice in your head. What did it sound like? What did God's voice sound? sound like was it mousy was it deep was it james earl jones (laughs) you know it's an it's an interesting question i don't know that there was a sound to it ah so it wasn't audible so it was a thought so it's more of a thought no yeah okay um you can call it a thought gotcha Gotcha. so how do we real to me well yeah i mean thoughts are pretty real my thoughts are, yeah. I'd like to think yeah. my thoughts are real <laughs> for the most yeah. part. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'd be disturbing if they're not. Um, so how do you just, dis- <laughs> <laughs> how do you decipher between um, your own thoughts and what God is telling you? I'll be really honest, Michael. I don't know that I'd ever had that happen to me before that happened. A thought? No, the, 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 sorry, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't resist. Yeah. Well, that would be really interesting. <laughs> and some people would say true. That's true. Yeah. Um, I don't think that I had ever felt uh, until that moment, like I'd heard God speak to me. Interesting. So God never spoke to you until that moment. I wouldn't say never, oh. but not in the way that I heard it and felt it hmm. in that moment. Interesting. So how do you know it was God? That's going to be the obvious next question. How do you know that thought, that non-voice, which is hard to describe, was God? How do, how do you know that was your specific invisible person? I felt it in my heart. I don't know what that means. I felt it in my heart. I I, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Explain that. It's just something that I felt, and it was very clear to me. And I I I I 
I suppose if, if you've never experienced that, it would be a very hard thing for me to I- explain. I, mm. I can only explain to you what I experienced. Um, and some of it, quite honestly, is really hard to put into words. Mm. Now, I have heard, I had heard people say and talk about God speaking to them. I had never felt that mm. until that moment. That was a feeling. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So can we trust our feelings? I think you better. <laughs> uh, I think our feelings are fickle, but yes, I mean, some of our feelings most likely then, I don't know. That's, that's a, that's a tough question even for myself. Um, well, thank I, you for that. I, I mean, you know, we all have, we, we all, as we mature, Hmm. Right, Michael. I mean, a lot of this is maturity and, and really, you know, some of it is, is about faith and some of it's not, but as Hmm. we mature, we get feelings that come to us, right? It's kind of like, you know, Hmm. you, you meet, uh, we understand our feelings better. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you're married, correct? Yes. Yeah. So when you first met your wife, did you have that feeling of love that you got in your gut and in your heart? Right. I, I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, wow, this, this person, whoo, yeah, this might yeah. be one, right. Or something. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, you know, I think as we grow and mature, at least I have, you mm. know, what I have found is that, you know, I can anticipate things better. I mm. see things more clearly, Um, I'm more in touch with my feelings. Um, I'd like to say I don't get angry as easy, (laughs) but that's always a work in progress, right? Especially while driving. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, maturity and wisdom comes into play Mm -hmm. a lot more and, and, you know, at least it has for me. And these are the conversations that I think come up frequently you know, with guys, one of the biggest things that mm. comes up with guys is that whole idea around anger, right? Mm. It's like everybody's yeah. angry, you know, <laughs> so many things just so ugh, set you off, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I think that, you know, historically guys don't talk to guys mm. uh, and have intimate discussions, right? As you know, let's use anger for an example. Uh, we don't we don't talk about it because a lot of us weren't weren't brought up to to um, have those intimate discussions or maybe we didn't know how to have them or mm. we never saw anybody have them especially you know men being together right mm. how, how do we have those discussions and so you know I think it's it's important you know that as we address our feelings and talk about certain things that you know we talk with other men and be in community with other men. And how are you addressing that? You know, when somebody cuts you off in traffic, (laughs) you go zonkers and does it ruin your day after that? Or like, and what would it look like? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Right. Depends. Depends how bad the cutoff was. Yeah, Um, What's happened before, how many times, you know, (laughs) But but I think, I think that the opportunity for men to be in community and not have it be Mm. weird is an important thing because we can learn from each other and we can grow Mm. from each other. Yeah. I I think a lot of that, uh, the the reluctance stems from that toxic masculinity, the I'm the alpha male, I'm better than everybody else. You know, I don't need nothing. And I'm a man, 
you know, no, right. you need to talk. Let's just have a conversation. You're, you're just a human being, yeah. you know, just because you got a couple of testicles swinging around don't mean you're better than everybody else. So, yeah, no, it's, a, it's, it's so annoying. I, I, that just frustrates me to no end. Um, but anger, since we're on anger, um, how <laughs> do you feel about um, anger in general? Do you think there's a justifiable anger um, that, you know. I think uh, emotions are important, you know, um, but, uh, you know, there's a there's a right way and a wrong way to handle anger. Now, hmm. I'll speak for myself. <laughs> this is what the podcast brought me. I get vulnerable in front of the microphone. It's it crazy. happens. My wife goes, it Just happens. don't talk about me. Just don't talk about me. Uh, <laughs> Leave me out of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, historically, especially when I was young, that anger was, you know, pretty intense. You know, I was hmm. involved in a lot of athletics. I would, you know, I, I like to win, man. And hmm. when I lost, I was a bad person to be around. And, you know, there's appropriate. I, I think if you get, if your anger spo- boils over and affects the people around you. So just take your family. How about yeah. that? Um, if you get, if your wife says something and you get angry, mm-hmm. uh, because you misunderstood something or you didn't hear something properly, or you get angry and then, you know, the next thing you know, you're yell- yelling at your wife, how, you know, how's she to accept that? Or mm-hmm. if the children see that and that, you know, you're supposed to be the role model, how do, you know, how do they accept that? And they mm-hmm. may not accept that in the right way. And it, it could have a very negative and toxic effect on them. Oh, for sure. And so I, I think that the emotion of anger can be good. Mm. But, you know, if somebody cuts you off in traffic and all of a sudden you pull out a, a semi-automatic <laughs> weapon, you know, well, you know, there might be a better way to handle that situation. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I've, I've had to address this in my own mind. You know, sometimes we have to walk in other people's shoes. Why mm. did that guy cut you off? How do we know that that guy wasn't on the way to the hospital with his wife who's ready to give birth and he's in a well, hurry and he, he, you know, he didn't need to cut very you unlikely. off. Very unlikely. Yeah, but yes. Yeah. Well, I'm just Most likely he's just five minutes life. late for work and he's just, you know, anyways. Yeah. No, I live well, in Vegas, man. Everybody right. out here drives like crazy people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of everywhere, but, but it's kind of the, it's, it's it's the, the how you respond to it thing. How do you respond to your anger? Um, are you going to lash out irrationally or are you going to to hold it in or, or expend it in another way, you know, exercising sports any other way. So that's, that's what there's a right way and a wrong way. And what, and what I see, I think, I think so. Ooh, technical difficulties. Back to the show. Well, I'm no. glad we're back. Everything's working. That was fun. Um, maybe it was Jesus. We don't know. We don't know. Um, so we're, we're talking about anger, lashing out anger. As a human being um, and is rational dads, um, for the most part, anyways, I can say for me anyways. Uh, <laughs> <We hope. laughs> yeah. When you get angry and you lash out, you just don't lash out irrationally. Now, what I see with with God, when I read the Bible, is a little bit different. And when he gets angry, he lashes out irrationally. Um, he gets very upset at people for simple things. Um, one of them I got right here is Leviticus uh, 10, uh, excuse me, 6 through 7. 
Uh, do not mourn the loss of your kid. <laughs> yeah. Yahweh kills you for exiting the tent of meeting with some oil on your head. He gets very upset. Do not, oh, and then don't let your hair become unkept. I think I'm reading the wrong verse here, but either way. Damn it, I'm totally reading the wrong verse and I lost my other verse. It's around here somewhere. Dang it. Okay, well, now I sound ridiculous, but <laughs> we're going to go with this one anyways. Uh, Leviticus 10, uh, then Moses said to Aaron and his son, uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce those names. Do not let your hair become unkempt. Uh, do not tear your clothes or you will die and the Lord will be angry with the whole community. But your relatives, all the Israelites may mourn for those the Lord has destroyed by fire. There it is. Do not leave the tent, uh, the meeting. Man, I can read this morning. Do not leave the entrance of the tent of meeting or you will die because the Lord's anointing oil is on you. So they did as Moses said. So God punishes them by killing them for leaving the tent of uh, meeting with oil on their heads. He lashes out irrationally with his anger. That's trying, what I'm trying to get to here before I trip over my own tongue. But um, <laughs> Leviticus 10 here, essentially, that's what's happening. Is God is lashing out irrationally. How do you take this verse? Is this something that happened? Do you think that it's justified for leaving the tent is of meeting with oil? Is it something that happened? I mean, if it's in if it's in the Bible, I you know I see I assume it to be the truth. Gotcha. Um, do I think God operates irrationally? Uh, no. Hmm. Do you think that's irrational? Killing somebody for leaving a tent with oil on their head. Well, I'm not going to, I'll say this about the Bible. I'm far from a biblical scholar. I am a believer. Okay. Um, And so for me to comment about that without actually having dove into it and really Hmm. studied it, Hmm. um, you know, I, I, Hmm. I, I can't, I can't answer that question off the top of my head. And it's not something I'm trying to take a free pass on, Michael. I mean, no, you're fine. You know, yeah, I mean, we can't answer for everything the Bible, that happens in there. There's a lot. Yeah, the Bible is incredibly um, deep. And, you know, there are some things that I have found require um, a tremendous amount of discernment. And, hmm. you know, do I need to be more of a biblical uh, scholar? Man, I'm a, uh, yeah. Probably, but you know, do do I think God? You know, and I'm just going to say, my God is a hmm. is an angry yeah. God, is mad God, is a delusional God. No, I I I don't I don't think that. There are some odd things in the Bible that are really hmm. hard to to wrap our arms around. Indeed, and I think that anybody um, could take virtually any verse and use it in a way that they want to use it Ooh, or interpret yeah. it. And that's what makes the Bible so and dangerous. So, so it, it does make the, the, the Bible dangerous and, and listen, and I, you know, I read about your, your story a little bit hmm. and, you know, what's interesting is too many people I think have gone to church and heard this. Well, you know, if you're a sinner and you you know you're going to be damned to hell. Yeah, well, God does not like listen, sinners. I I I think that that is not a good way to approach it. 
Okay. Uh, you know, and, and here's what I mean by that. If I go, I'm a golfer. I love to golf and I've taken, uh, I won't hold it against you. Go ahead. Yeah. Lord knows how many, (laughs) it could be any sport, right? So in this example, but I'm using golf. Um, I've taken a lot of lessons over the years Hmm. and I, I've never gone to a golf instructor that said, no, 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 no. You're doing it all wrong. No, stop. You're doing it all wrong. Hmm. Well, I know I'm doing it all wrong. That's why I'm here. (laughs) Right. And so Uh what I'm here for is for you to tell me how to do it right. Hmm. Now, every golf instructor has their own interpretation of what right is as well. Right. So, Hmm. but the point is I didn't go to the golf instructor to find out what I was doing wrong. I already know that. That's why I'm here. Hmm. Help me learn how to do what's right. Now, what I've learned about my own Christian faith Hmm. is I know I'm a sinner. I don't need you to tell me I'm a sinner. Okay. I need you to help me fight. Tell me how to fight. I want to know how to go to war today, how to win the spiritual battle. Tell me that. Tell me that. And I think this is something that the church has failed miserably on. Okay. Because if you're busy telling everybody they're a sinner, you're not engaging with them. You're just telling them that it's okay. Basically, it's okay to do more of it. Just make sure you say your prayers and ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think that's effective. Well, that, that brings up a whole other thing. Uh, the spiritual battle thing. Um, that that's that's a very curious thing for me. Why why would an all powerful God have a spiritual battle at all? Why would there be a battle? It shouldn't even I don't be a think battle. God had the spiritual battle. So God's not involved in the spiritual battle at all. I think that there are two different spirits. The battle it's light and darkness. Is the light not strong enough to vanquish the darkness? Why is there a battle? That's what I'm saying. Well, it's like anything in life. There's a choice. You know, each of us makes a choice. Do you want to live in light or do you want to live in darkness? Do you want to follow good or do you want to follow evil? It's a choice. Can God God snap his fingers and eliminate evil? I don't know the answer to that. Hmm. Then he wouldn't be all powerful if he can't, though. I assume he could. So it, why does he choose why does he choose yeah. not to? I yeah. I do I do not know. I don't see that as a loving rational act. If there's a battle going on and I have the power to stop it, I'm going to stop it. You know, especially if there's evil. I mean, if I have the power to stop evil, I would stop it. And I'm just a irrational, sinful, you know, broken human being and but I can come up with that bad, idea. There's a lot of bad things that go on on yeah. earth. I mean, you For know, sure. if if uh um, if somebody, you know, loses a, a child mm. or a loved one mm. to a disease or a car accident or to something like that, mm-hmm. you would consider that to be a bad thing. Why didn't mm-hmm. somebody stop it? Why did that happen? I mean, these are great questions, but they're beyond my comprehension. Mm. Do you think God, um, wipes people out that he doesn't like or, or disobeying no. him? Uh, in the Bible, a lot of times there's people that disobey him and he just wipes them out. Um, Micah 
randomly here, 515, I will take vengeance and anger and wrath on the nations that have not obeyed me. Why? Because they worshipped other deities, cast spells, and made idols. So he's going to take vengeance, anger, and wrath because they haven't done that. If they haven't listened to him. So he's going to lash out irrationally on people that haven't listened to him. There's, there's, there's The Bible is 100% full of stuff like this. Uh, you, the, the crucifixion of Jesus, right off the bat, he needs bloodshed for forgiveness. Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Well, he can, he just refuses to. So all of these things aren't aren't rational. <laughs> I mean, they, I don't see the good in it. I don't see the love in it. I see this all as um, God lashing out on things. He just, he needs to, to, to quench his anger. And, and in order to do that, he, well, he kills a lot of people. Uh, we can just go to the flood, for instance. And that, that very one instance, he killed every single person, every fetus, every puppy, every kitten, just drown them. He didn't snap them out of existence. He forced them to breathe in his vengeful rainwater. Um, and I don't. I don't think that's a very good idea. I think that's lashing out irrationally, hundred percent. I think that's what that is. I mean, as a father, we can both agree: kids don't listen. But we're not going to drown them because of that. That's just ridiculous. And then if if God goes around wiping people out, because I don't know. I don't know. I've heard lots of reasons why the flood had to happen. They were going to be evil one day. Uh, they were bad people. Even the children were horrible. So is God using nowadays the same kind of tactics? Ooh, I'm sorry, Mike. This is this is a touchy subject for me. Um, I can is tell. He using, <laughs> is he using the same kind of – I haven't said this out loud on the show, but it, it's a thought that came into my head the other day because if God uses the flood to wipe out children that are going to be evil one day, does God use mass shootings to wipe out children that are going to be evil one day? Michael. If he uses death and destruction to wipe out children that he that don't listen, that aren't going to behave themselves, is he still doing it today? And is he using mass shootings for that? Michael, I'm a men's life coach. <laughs> but you are a Christian. This is the Bible. This is the God you believe in. This is all the stories and, that's, and ideas and your, concepts and, and questions that come with that's it. Not, that's not my version of the Bible. So the flood didn't happen in your version. I didn't say that. Oh, okay. So but, the flood did happen. I mean, so we, he could, did, we, could, uh -huh. we could pick apart all different things in the Bible if we wanted to and have that argument. And, and you know, I think that, you know, your idea of what happened and 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 God may be different than than mine but I'm just a I'm just a men's life coach trying to help men out man I mean you help people's you're, good you're, you're yes. asking me to answer a question and I would never address mass shootings and what happened during the flood of the earth I I just wouldn't bring them together I mean, are, is all that, is it evil to go kill people? Is it bad to kill the innocent? Is it a bad thing to kill the innocent people? It is a bad thing for a mass shooter to show up and shoot people because of his mental state of mind. So it's, it's bad when a mass shooter does it. So do, 
who sent the mass shooter? Was it the devil or God or what do you think happened in that situation? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I love that answer, honestly. Thank you. I I I mean, yeah. I my my heart breaks mm. every time I hear these things. And yeah, you want to piss me off. I, mm. I think that mm. you know, there's so many different aspects to these situations. So many. So many. I mean, I don't know that we could ever point at any one thing. You know, our guns bad. Yeah, what well, they're bad when they're used for no good. You know, are they good if you go hunting? Sure, you need to eat. But you shouldn't take the same weapon and go down to a bank and slaughter a bunch of people or who, school. Um you, or school. Do you think God was involved in any way in these situations? Where was God when these were things were happening? Let's let's take the Christian school for instance. God is in that school. Where do you think your God was at? These are tough. I'm sorry, Mike, but but you know, it kind of went this way. <laughs> I think that I really think that that there are situations where the devil is in darkness are in the middle. I think that the darkness intercedes in people. It's the spiritual battle that some people wage. It could be mental health issues. In many cases, it is a chemical imbalance in our body. Um, you know, it, it, more times than not, that seems to be true. You're talking about a lot of folks. It seems like more times than not, the stories I hear about these mass shooters is even the lack of guidance that they have in their life where maybe their father wasn't present or yeah, they well. didn't have father guidance at all. And, you know, unfortunately a lot of these mass shootings seem to be coming from, from, from guys from in some cases, children or other men. And it makes me question, well, how did they get to that place at all? What was their guidance? So many hmm. of these, so many of these shootings have occurred because they didn't have a father guidance, a father figure in their life. And um, so there are so many variables. My 100%. But where was God? Where was God in specifically the Christian? I think school? God was there and he was weeping. Can God protect those children? Yes. I mean, he's an all-powerful God. Of course, he can protect the children. Why didn't he protect the children? I don't know. There's two reasons. Either he didn't want to or he doesn't exist. And either of those, yeah, I mean, if he didn't want to, that's that's pretty horrible. You worship a God that didn't want to stop a shooting. That That's really, that sucks, man. That sucks. I don't see the love, man. I, I don't see the love in this in any of these stories in the Bible. I don't see the love in the crucifixion. I don't see the love in letting children die. I don't see the love in drowning the, the planet. I don't see the love. Can you show me the love in this Christianity, in this this religion that you have? I can show you all kinds of love. You know, what you're pointing to 
is the worst of the worst. It's now point me to the best. Which one? Which story? Which um, anything? Anything at all? Can you I'll, point to I'll, anything I'll, in there? You know, I'll, I'll point you to me right now, and I'll say it would be really easy for me to get pissed off and angry and upset about what I'm hearing because I believe in my God. But I'm not going to do that because it's free will. You get to have your opinion. And it's change also, my opinion. Is there anything you can say that would change my opinion on this? Make it sound better, Mike. Michael, I'm a men's life coach. You're asking me. <laughs> You're a Christian, that, though. These are your beliefs. This is your Bible. This is your God. These are the things that Michael, I have love in my heart. With I that work with people every day and mm. spread love. Good. It's, God is love. That's well, what God is. Well, he's okay. drowning kids. Do you think that's love? That's not Michael. love, Mike. Sending his own son to die because he's unable to forgive people without bloodshed. Not unable, but unwilling to. I, I'm not. That's not love. You know, I I I open this up with um, that when I coach, I come from a place of not trying to fix somebody, but walk alongside them and guide them. And I believe everybody has the answers inside of them. And so... I can't, I can't convince you. I can't fix you. Show there's me the nothing, love. There's nothing that I could say other than to be present with you right now and be the very best person that I could be. And that comes from my father, God. We can be good people. I'm hundred percent. Let's be the best people we can be the best human beings we can be, but I don't need a documented child killer to help me be a good person. I don't need somebody that needs bloodshed for forgiveness to help me be a good person. I don't need somebody who tells me that they punish children out of jealousy to help me be a good person. I don't think any of those things are good examples of a good person. Which part of God is an example of a good person? I, I think that there are countless examples of people being good every day. Let's, I mean, let's God though. Let's let's show show me an example of God being a good person. I think God is in the center of all that good. So He's I mean, in the center of all the bad as well. It's 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 got it's got to it's gotta be Michael, one or the other. I, I mean, yeah, you can't yeah. you can't I be mean, just involved here, in the here's good. Here's where I'm here's where I'm at on this. I mean, I, I I do like these conversations because they stretch me. Hmm. Um, I can feel this just weightiness on my chest right now mm. because I, I I feel like you're trying to convince me that my God. I'm is. asking you to show me the love, Mike. That's it. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. <laughs> I'm telling you what I see, and I'm asking you to show me the love that you see. That's I it. see God. I mean, I look out my window right now. It is a beautiful spring day. I see, Where do you see God in that? I see I see God all over the place. I see God Where? in the bird of the air. I see God, the green. Nature cloud. is violent and brutal. <laughs> I'm right. like, yeah. But nature is beautiful. Well, People ask me all the time, Mike, why do you go golf? Because I see beauty around me, mm. you know? 
I see beauty around manufactured beauty. This That's is all is. <laughs> so God manufactured everything around me. Even all those parasites and right. Uh, he yeah. created it all and it is beautiful. Do you think that, parasites are beautiful? Do you think disease is beautiful? Cancer? I, this is all nature, man. This it is all does part of nature. No matter what I say right now, you're gonna critique it. I ain't critiquing, I'm asking questions. I don't have the answers for you, man. That, that's a, that's at least I'm, an honest that's at least an honest answer. I, I appreciate I, that. I, I don't. <laughs> no, you know, I'm not uh, uh, a member of the clergy. I've not been uh, professionally trained in that way. I haven't spent hours seeping through the Bible to try to find all the answers. But you believe this, though, and I just want to know how these things work for you. Have these questions come up? I for don't you? believe. I don't believe what you're saying about it. Well, of course not. Otherwise, you wouldn't be a Christian. <laughs> That's how that works. <laughs> I don't believe what you're saying about it, but it, it, I find this, you know, there, there's a piece of me that, that, you know, it, my heart aches over what you're asking me to try to answer in, mm. in, in a world that my belief is that God is in the, is so big. It, it's so mm. big. Mm. And, and that, it, you know, it surpasses all understanding. And I don't have all of that understanding. He's so big. Oh, God. He's so big, but he can't stop church shootings in his own home. He can't stop children from being raped in his own home. In his own home. That's not very big. That's small. He's weak. He doesn't show up. He doesn't help out. He just kind of sits there and watches all these bad things happen. The worst part of it is he created the bad guy that's supposedly doing all of these things on purpose, knowing exactly what he would do throughout time. Would you create a bad guy on purpose? Nope. Me neither. I wouldn't. No. I no, wouldn't. No. Why? Why was that? Why, why would you not? I I work with with men to help them be the very best that they can be. And you That's don't I need do. a bad guy to do that, right? You can just do that. Well, I mean, what's a bad guy? Devil. The devil. You don't need a bad guy, the devil, to teach men to be good people, right? I don't know how the devil would teach men to be good people. Me neither. I don't know, but I've heard before that the devil is here so we can have a balance of good and evil and because God needs bad so he can show how good he is. And it's just ridiculous things like that. So, so thank you. We don't need a bad guy. I wouldn't create a bad guy. You wouldn't create a bad guy. It just doesn't make sense. But God did, knowing exactly what this guy would do. Doesn't make much sense. That's your version of it. Can God destroy the devil? I believe he probably could if he wanted to. If he wanted to. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. If he wanted to. So he doesn't want to. He wants the devil to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, you could. I, what I've learned in my personal development is that I need to be very cognizant about the words that I use. And um, that the words that I use are very important. So I need to use positive words, hmm. you know, like never use the word, word trying and things like that. Hmm. Um, you know, but, but what's interesting is 
I can't put into words um, appropriate, probably words <laughs> to um, get to the get to the point that you even want me to get to. I don't. I do not have that ability, Michael. I just don't. I know that I have a love for my Christ, and when you say that, you, you and when you hear that, I know you're going to go. But but your your God kills people, and and that's well, fine. That's fair. Yeah. That's your that's that's if you want, that's your version of it, and I appreciate that you get to have that opinion. That you're right. So if I'm not choosing my words appropriately, or if somebody's listening to this right now and going, "What a doggone idiot," then Fine. Think I'm a doggone idiot. Uh, you know, but you know, at the, you know, I, I, I know that how I have been transformed and I know how the people around me have been transformed. And, um, I, I don't do, do when I go to my Friday morning Bible study, do we have pretty intense discussions? Yes. Like this? No. No. Because <laughs> that's not our God. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's the God you got a different that, God. The, the it's not the one in the thing Bible. About the Bible is that you know it gets interpreted, you know, by um, people, and uh-huh. sometimes that's good, and sometimes that's bad, and you know we all have a choice, and that's part of life. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. Hundred uh, percent. We all have a choice uh, to believe this or not. And I became a better person once I stopped believing slowly by surely. And then the podcast even helped a little bit because I realized my mistakes and conversations and how I acted and stuff like that. Still working on it. Hundred percent. That's a, whew, that's a forever process. But I didn't need God. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't use God. And 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 my thing is not that he just kills people. He is a documented child killer who needs bloodshed for forgiveness. These are facts that every Christian goes with. He's the flood is a true thing. He had happened. He's a documented child killer at that point. And there's just hundreds of other instances in there. That's just one I'm pointing out the big one. And then the fact that people can be good even without their God, I can be a better person without this documented child care, without having an invisible person guiding me. I don't even know how that works. Um, I don't. And and honestly, if you're looking for someone who's, who's a, who's a, a father figure or, or a, a man was someone to look up to Spider-Man. Spider-Man is a great figure to look up to. He doesn't kill children. He doesn't kill children. Anything out of jealousy. He doesn't flood the planet. He doesn't require bloodshed for forgiveness. You know, the, the great guy, you know, be you do your best. Great responsibility or great power comes great responsibility. All these great things. A lot better. I feel hey, that's just my opinion though. You know, we all have our own opinions. Um, but thank you so much, Mike. This has been a lot of fun. Um, this has been a blast. I know we got a little series there for a minute. Just the, the recent school shootings and everything. Just really like I that there's nothing in the world that pisses me off faster than that shit happening. And it's so senseless and 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 can be prevented. I, Ooh, so anyways, let's not go back there. <laughs> but thank you so much. Go ahead and plug your stuff. Where, where can we find you? And uh, any any closing comments or anything? Yeah, I mean, you can uh, send me an email at mike at truemanlifecoaching.com or you can go to my website, truemanlifecoaching.com and, um, you know, all my social media is there and and uh, the podcast is there. True Man Podcast is on my website and that that's how you can reach out to me. And, um, you know, 
I don't know that your audience will. True man is taken right out of the Bible. It's hmm. Jesus Christ walk on earth as a true man. So there you go. So, <laughs> um, but you know, honestly, I wanted to come on here today because, you know, I wanted us to have a, a, a conversation. Um, and um, I, I guess I hope in some small way that we did. We did. We definitely did. I, I hit some strong points, but um, we definitely had a conversation there. Uh, I appreciate your answers, your 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 honesty. Uh, the I don't knows are my favorite, of uh, course. But, but I'll let you know when this comes out. We'll stay in touch. Stay safe out there, man. Hey, take care. All right. Bye. And that's all the show there is for you today. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard and want to help keep the recording light on, simply go to patreon.com forward slash BSW the podcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will give you access to the patron feed, unaired conversations, early access to each episode, and much more. For the latest events, BSW swag, and a peek behind the scenes, head on over to the show's ever-evolving webpage at thebiblesayswhat.com. The Bible Says What the book is out. Head on over to thebiblesayswhat.com and get yourself and your grandma a signed copy. Thanks to the cosmic powers of the internet, it is now possible to buy me a beer or coffee online. Simply go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash BSW the podcast and click the appropriate buttons. If you can't support the show monetarily, please like, share, and or leave a review. As always, you can find me at the Bible Says What Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram pages. You can also reach me at bswthepodcast at gmail.com. And no matter which platform you use to listen to your podcasts, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on the next episode. Until then, would you kindly pick up your Bibles and read them? Indeed, her God, to which he replied, No way! Don't let that monster in here. Spider-Man doesn't want to understand. Remember, most of my guests have earned respect, not just for their bravery for coming onto the show, but for their civility while tackling Duff, Duff, Duff beer, drink Duff. <laughs>